0: So I, I am always encouraged by you all, by your presence, by being here with you. But even with people with minds set on things above, it is possible for us to have the tendency to get distracted, for us to become discouraged, even to become disconnected from that place we just sang about, our home. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. That's the words we just sang. I'm so glad that... that that uh. John led that song for us, because it, I hope it sets our minds uh, in a place to look at what we're going to look at this afternoon, and ask ourselves the question that I, I, I mentioned this morning, and that is what, is, what does God deserve, and what am I giving Him? That's the thought that I want to, to just go over briefly this evening. Am I giving God my best? Is my heart, is my focus still firmly planted in that home that I am longing for, or has had my possibly my tendency shifted towards a more uh, temporary, less glorious residence here on earth? Um, I hope that by what we talk about this afternoon, it can cause us to look at ourselves and say, well, how can I renew? How can I renew my service? How can I renew my dedication? Maybe things are going quite well, but maybe there's something that I can, I can pick at and try to make a little bit stronger in my life. And so I hope there's a few examples that we can, that we can look at that have served to, to help God's people in the past that might help us as well today as well. Let's begin by looking back, actually, to God's people um, long ago. The first people to be known as God's people, that is the Israelites. And I want us to consider some things that God says to the Israelites about how they give to God Specifically, we're looking at this in these examples at their offerings. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5, he says, Your lamb, and he's talking about the Passover, talking about when they're instituting this Passover, they're getting ready uh, to to, to, to experience the last plague that's going to come upon Egypt. He says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So he wants them to bring the best, the perfect sacrifice that they can find. The most perfect, what is it, Little Caesars calls it, the best, most bestest pizza. They want to find the most bestest lamb that they can find. That's going to be their sacrifice that the blood of that, of that sacrifice is going to go on their doorposting. When God sees it, He is going to pass over them and spare them. He's calling them to do that. And he's going to say, this just doesn't end here at the Passover. We're going to continue to see this emphasis on, on what they give to God and what will and what will not be accepted. In Leviticus chapter 12. Leviticus chapter 12 verses 17 through 25. I do not feel like that's the right. I'm sorry, 22. I've got it on the board wrong. Leviticus 22. Let's go off our notes instead. Leviticus 22, 17 through 25. That's where we want to be at. "...and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the children of Israel, and say to them, Whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel who offers his sacrifice for any of his vows or for any of his freewill offerings which they offer to the Lord as a burnt offering, you shall offer of your own free will a male without blemish from the cattle, from the sheep, or from the goats." Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill His vow, or a freewill offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them on the altar to the Lord. Either a bull or a lamb that has any limb too long or too short, you shall... Uh, You may offer as a freewill offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. You shall not offer to the Lord what is bruised or crushed or torn or cut, nor shall you make any offering of them in your land, nor from a foreigner's hand shall you offer any of these as the bread of your God. Because their corruption is in them and defects are in them, they shall not be accepted on your behalf. So we see him here. Giving them instruction on what he's going to accept from them when they are making these offerings, whether it be a free will offering, a peace offering, they had all of these. We've already talked about the Passover, that idea of the Day of Atonement sort of offering. He's like, I'm looking for your best. Now, what does this highlight most in our lives? This highlights the sacrifice of Jesus. That's not that's not lost on me. The purpose of all this foreshadows what God is going to offer that we never could offer, but it still sets up. A a background sort of idea of what God is looking for from what His people offer to Him. And that is, He wants them to give their best. God wants our best. That That means, in part, He wants our physical best. These were physical things that He was looking for in these passages. And whenever we come to the Lord, especially as we come in service, He wants our best in our singing. Let's give Him the best of the fruit of our lips. Whenever it comes to our prayer, let's give Him the best of our hearts being opened up to Him and and bringing supplication and thanksgiving and praise up to the throne room of God. When it comes to our Bible classes even, we thought about that. Am I giving my best to the Bible class? I know the teachers in in, uh, this this morning's class, John shows that there's a lot that goes into preparing a class and his class was very good because of it, but as students, are we preparing for those classes? Do we give God our best in that regard as well we strive to teach our children no matter what it is that you're doing whether it be cleaning your room we we're joking about this at dinner or whether it' be cleaning your room mowing the yard whatever it is do it as if you're doing it for the lord give your best as if you're serving god and everything we do let's strive because that's what god desires he wants the best of us because he's given the best of him when it comes to what i wear am i going to to dress in in just something that says i have no personal value at all because God has placed a great value on us. Alan did a great job talking about that the other night. And so, do we reflect that in the clothes and the attire that we wear that says, not necessarily, you know, look at me, but says, I value myself enough to try to show myself to be someone who is trying to give their best to God? What about the stewards of the blessings that God has given us? We've been doing a lot of talk lately in the men's meetings about even this, this building that we have. Do we always do our best to try and take care of what God has given us, our homes, our cars? Do we treat those things as, ah, it's just, just some, something we have and we don't really give any consideration to it? Or what about getting ready for worship services? Do we stay up till 3 a.m. on a Saturday night because we've got you know, TV shows and things, video games, and, and stuff that we want to do? Then we wake up Sunday and we come into services and we're just dragging and we can't hardly keep our eyes open and we sleep through half the service because we're just so tired. Have we given God our best? But I want to say that it does go far beyond this. It goes far beyond these physical... We shouldn't stop and we shouldn't think that if we can put on the physical aspects of giving God our best, that that has somehow set us up to, to be acceptable and pleasing to God because He's asking for more. The same reason why the blood of these perfect bulls and goats, that they go and say, this one doesn't have any spots, there's no, no broken legs on it, it doesn't have any eczema, it doesn't have any, any skin diseases. This is a perfect, most bestest lamb. That still wasn't enough. God had to send something even better to do something for our sins. So He goes beyond the physical to a transformation in the spiritual. We think of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. She tells us to, to not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed, have a, a mind that has been renewed in its thinking. Are we giving God the best of us spiritually? Because that's what He's asking for. He's asking for the best of our life, the best of our focus, the best of our attention, the best of our desires being placed as Colossians 3.2 as we start out in, on that home with Him in heaven. So is our life... Is it a life that is given over to giving God the best that we can? Giving God what He deserves. I also want to ask us, do we give not only the best, but do we do that graciously? And do we do that abundantly? Turn over to Deuteronomy 26 with me. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 26, in verses 1-15. through 15. I want you to read this and I want you to think about as, as they talk about what they're, what they're planning to do here, I want you to think about the gratitude that's in the hearts of the children of God at this time. And it shall be when you come into the land which, is, which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and you dwell in it that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make His name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I may come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian about to perish, And he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold... I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you in your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. When you have finished laying aside all the tithes of your increase in the third year, the year of the tithing, and have given it to the Levite and have given it... Uh, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite and stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when, when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel in the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Do we see as we read through these passages, they're talking about how they're going to give. That's the the focus right now in Deuteronomy. We're going to go into the land and we're already making preparation for how we're going to give to God. But specifically, how are they going to do that? As they thought about that promised land, as they thought about that first crop, that very first crop that's going to grow, that's the one, that crop is going to be dedicated to God. We're already making that mind up. We're not even there yet, but we're already saying, that first crop, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that, that fruit, that, all the, the grapes, and I can't see, wait to see the wheat, and it's just, oh, it's going to be wonderful, and I just can't wait to get all of this stuff to give to my God. But verses eight, 8 and 9 and 11, it's not just about giving it to God. You notice what they do is they go to give it to before they even give it to Him, they recount their history. My father was a Syrian, He almost died. He went down to Egypt. God saved him. When He heard about his impression, He turned him into this nation. They're telling the story of Abraham. Their story. This is what God has done. Before I give Him anything, before the first thing leaves my hand to go into His, his offering plate, we'll call it that because that's what I'm thinking of off the top of my head, but whatever it is that they're giving this to, before it goes in there, my thought is, what has God done for me? I'm remembering that. I think this would go real well. John talked this morning about needing to know why. They're not just being said, you give this, why? Because I said so. No, here's why. Remember what God has done for you. Dwell on that. Let that be your why. And then in verse 12, and it describes that these people that have given all that God has provided for them. They're they're taking it all and saying, let's give it, let's find a use for it. Why? Because we can't wait to see what He's going to do next. That's how it ends. That's how that section ends. Because we can't wait to see the continued blessings that He's going to pour out. These people get it. These people get that it's not just about giving God my best. It's about getting excited about giving God my best. I can't wait to give God my best. I can't wait to give Him everything that He's given me because I know He's he's, he's not going to run out. His treasure houses are stocked. And as I give him more, he's shoveling it back out on top of me. And so these people give graciously and they give abundantly to God. But also, well, we can see. We can see that this is is an example of extreme gratitude. This is extreme graciousness. This should be a character of our attitude when we, when we give to God, when we come in worship. But whether it be big, whether it be small, no matter what it is that, we're, that, that God has asked us to do, when we're giving our best to Him, it helps us when we give remembering. Remembering what He has done. Remembering Him as our deliverer. And, and I want to say this takes planning. It does. It takes a little bit of effort on our part. These people are planning in, in Deuteronomy. They're looking ahead to what they're about to do, and they're going, okay, let's, let's get ready for that. And we need to plan as well. We need to make, have a commitment ourselves. We need to have a goal ourselves. This is how I'm going to give. When it comes to our worship services, we prepare ourselves before services. Do we we have that alarm clock set to go off? And it's like, all right, I know it's going to take me 30 minutes to get to the building. And so I'm going to wake up 15 minutes before that and I'm just going to grab whatever I can. I'm going to run out the door and and I'm grabbing clothes and kids are dragging behind me and we're all going to get there just in a big old mess and sit down and we made it. See, sometimes we get this checklist mentality. Done it. Check. I was there. Check. I, I... Collect plate, check. Lord's Supper, check. I've been baptized, check. We get this checklist mentality says, these are the things, I've done them, I'm good. These people did not have a checklist mentality. They had a, a bucket list mentality. I can't wait to do this. So what's our heart like when it comes to preparing ourselves for worship? When it comes to preparing ourselves for evangelism? When it comes to preparing ourselves for service to others, what's our heart like? Because if it's not a heart of gratitude and a, and a willingness to give abundantly and the best that we have to God, it's not, it's, it, it's not what God deserves. You know, we quote Hebrews 10.25. We quote Hebrews 10.25 like somehow on the judgment day we're going to get an award if we can quote that before God. And we've got that verse down so well. You shall not forsake the assembling of, our, of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Whew, we are ready to throw that one out there but we throw it out without thinking about why it was written. Why should we not forsake? Why should it be important for us? Should we have a desire to be here? And that is found in verse 24 when He says to consider one another. Remember that planning. What they're doing right now is considering how they're going to help the fatherless, how they're going to help the widow, how they're going to give back to God. They're considering these things ahead of time. Do we consider one another in order to stir up love and good works? Has that been our hearts? As, we got, as, as Sunday morning drew near, as Wednesday night comes near, are we going, how am I going? How am I going to stir up my brethren? How am I going to help somebody else out? How am I going to graciously and abundantly enter before our Heavenly Father in worship and bring my brothers and sisters with me and press them on to greater love and to greater good works whenever we leave here and they go back into their lives? Because whenever we choose to just say, you know what? It's not convenient. I'm not going to do that. Or when we choose, yeah, I'm there, but I really don't care about anything else. I made it. I slid in the door and I'm good to go. We're really not showing much concern for God. We're not showing a lot of concern for our brethren either. So we need to make sure that we're giving our best to God, but we need to also make sure that we're gracious with it as well. We also need to see that it should cost us something to give to God also. Our best involves personal effort and personal expense. And you think about what they, what they give. This, this, this lamb, they probably could have done a million things with that lamb to provide for themselves. Maybe they could have raised it up. That's going to be a really good one. It'll be a meal for us. They could have sold it. They, who knows what uses they could have found for that thing. But they said instead, I'm going to sacrifice that to God. There's personal effort and personal expense. In 2 Samuel, we see a picture of this. <clears throat> 2 Samuel chapter 24. And the picture we see in 2 Samuel chapter 24 is the friend that we all want to have. The friend that says, I got your back. I've got everything covered. No matter what is it you want. Anything. I don't care. I'll do it. I'm ready. I'm your man. I'm here to help you. That's the friend that David meets. And essentially what he goes and he tells David, David is in looking to make a sacrifice. And he says, I've got you covered, David. I've got everything you need. This is an all-inclusive sacrifice package and it's ready to go. It won't cost you a dime. And David says, that's not what God wants. And so that's not what I want. Begin reading with me, 2 Samuel 24 and verse 18. <clears throat> and Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. So Aruna went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Aruna said, Why has my Lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you. To build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Aruna said to David, Let my Lord the king take and offer whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and yokes for the oxen for the wood. All these, O king, Aruna has given to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. And the king said to Aruna, No, I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver, and David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offering and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. David shows what it looks like to give to God and to give from your personal ability. He says, I'm going to pay for it. It has got to cost me something. Do we have that same mentality today? I believe that we do. I believe that as a whole, we didn't really have. it's going to cost us something to serve God. It's going to cost us something to, to leave things that, that people sometimes do on Sunday mornings, sleeping in whatever it is, sporting events. We're going to leave those things. We're going to give this time devoted to God. It's going to cost us something. Wednesday nights, same way. There's things that it's going to cost us something. But I believe we can still learn and we can still examine ourselves. And say, Are we looking for someone else maybe? Am I looking for someone else to do everything else that is being talked about? I'm looking for someone to do these things. Because what God is showing us here is it's supposed to require personal effort, personal sacrifice. It's supposed to require gracious and abundance. It's supposed to require our first, our best, and anything less than that. Anything less than our best. Anything less than something given out of thankfulness, than something giving out of our, our personal abilities anything less than that is dishonor dishonoring to god i want to uh to share with you an an example that someone shared with me um, that that kind of hit home with me a little bit they were on their way to the movies they're driving to the movies and they're they're running a little bit line a little bit behind the 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 children say well we're gonna we're we're gonna miss the movie we're gonna miss the movie i want you know it's been excited about seeing this all week and now we're running behind and we're going to miss this movie. And the father replied to them, it's okay, we're just going to miss the trailers. And, and a little bit of the, these, these previews and that, that stuff that happens at the beginning, we're just going to miss that. And what he was implying by that is we're not missing the really good stuff. We're only missing the things that we don't deem valuable. The trailers, nobody cares about the trailers. Yeah. Maybe that's changed a little bit since Marvel... Started just messing everything up. It's not just about the movie anymore. I, I like that, so I can't say it's messed up. But Still, we see you know, what is important to us receives our time. It receives our value. This is valuable, and if this guy was saying that the trailers are not important to me, I don't care if I miss them. Let's take that and let's apply it to, to our lives today. How do we show God whether or not the things that we do are valuable? It's by giving our time to them by focusing our time and our abilities on them. Do we have that same attitude when it comes to service? We have a a running joke here, and I I think it's funny. We were talking about it just a minute ago. The running joke is we have Lake Street time. We're we're five minutes late, we're right on time. And it's a funny tongue-in-cheek joke until it becomes the reality every single service. We need to ask ourselves at some point, are we giving God the best? Could we give God better? And if we say to God... Well, this is what I'm offering you. And you're just going to have to, God will just have to accept that. What I want us to consider is we become a lot like the people of Malachi chapter 1. When Malachi writes to to the to the Israelites, and he talks to them about how they were expecting God just to accept. You just accept the offering that I give you, no matter how it is. He says in verse 7, You offered defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. God was asking them at that time, I want you to examine your giving. Because you think there's nothing wrong with it. You think, there's what are we doing wrong, God? We're giving to you what you request. He's saying, is that how you would give it to your governors? Let's look at the service that we give God in our lives. And we look at it and say, but I'm giving God something. Shouldn't that be enough? And what he looked at us and said, is that how you would give that service, that same service, to, to some political figure in our lives? And the sad thing about what was going on in Malachi was everybody else was watching them. They are seen, they are on highlight by the rest of the world because they're God's chosen people. And God's put them in this position. God's brought them to where they were. And we need to know that everyone else sees us too. We might think, oh, we're just that, this little group of people that meet at Lake Street in Nicholasville and nobody sees us. The people around us see us. Our little ones see us. Their neighbors, they see us. We are visible to the world around us. But most importantly of all, God sees us. And He sees the true intentions of our heart. And I, I talk about you know, our, us, us coming to services on time. I, I, I need to make clear. Choosing to be at services, being at services on time, giving God the service in that way, I understand. I understand that there are things that are going to hinder that sometimes. Sometimes there are things beyond our control. And that's why I made sure to talk about giving out of our abilities. Because there are times when things happen in our life that hinder our ability To do certain things. Maybe it is to be here. Be here as often as we'd like on a Wednesday night. There's things that happen that maybe hinder that and we're not able to do it. To to, to be here in the morning service, but we can make it to the afternoon or vice versa. There are sometimes things that hinder that ability. I'm not talking about that. I understand that. I understand there's things beyond our control that can make us run late, that can make us miss entirely. Me and Holly were driving in the country yesterday. We got stopped by a house. A house across the road. was a mobile home, but it's a house blocking the whole road. I understand circumstances happen that hinder our abilities. But what God was talking to them, and what I believe God still wants us to hear today, is what do we choose to give to God? When we have every ability, what do we choose to offer to Him? Is it our best? Is it our first? Is it given with a heart of thanks? Is it given out of our abundance, looking at what He has done for us in the past. We need to ask ourselves, am I giving that to God? Because God is worthy of it. He's worthy of the very best. And we consider that He's given His very best for us. We go back to the the, the Passover. We think about the blood of the Lamb. And we recognize that what God is doing is showing us, this is what I'm going to give for you. I'm going to give the Lamb, my Son, there's not going to be a spot in Him spiritually. He's not going to have any, any wounds, any defects. He's going to be perfect. And if He's given His life for us, what is it for us to give our life back to Him? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is that living Son of God? Do you believe that His death was for your life? So that God may attain you back and so that you can belong to Him. If that is the case, then live for Him. Live for Him today by giving, himself, giving yourself to Him completely. If you have never done that before, and would like to, the, to make the choice today to do that, or if you have done that, but realize in your life, you know what? I've not been giving God what He deserves, but I'm ready to start doing that today. Then make that decision now. If we can help you with it in some way, come forward as we stand and as we sing.